You are listening to the Sermons Podcast of First Baptist Church, Mount Washington. Well, I invite you to take your Bible and turn to Daniel chapter 12. If you are visiting with us today, again, we're so glad that you are here. Um, We've been studying this uh, Old Testament book of Daniel for the past few months, and uh, today is the conclusion of our study together, and uh, I am, I've enjoyed it, but I am very thankful uh, that we're concluding this. It's been uh, quite challenging in places, and, uh, but it's been good. Daniel chapter 12, we're going to look at verses 5 through 13 this morning. Um, just to remind you of the context again, Daniel chapters 10, 11, uh, he's been recounting for us the, a vision or a revelation from, uh, that he's received from God through the angel Gabriel. And uh, it kind of ends there at the beginning of chapter 12. It describes for us the, the end of history Chapter 12, verse 1 says, in, in which there be, shall be a time of trouble such as never has been. And uh, so God's people have been caught up in a great conflict between the kingdoms of, of this world and the kingdom of God. And that conflict's only going to intensify as we get closer and closer to the end of time. Uh, it will be increasingly difficult to follow God Uh, discipleship will be more and more costly Uh, personally uh, it it will be hard to live faithfully and uh, so Daniel's final words are are meant to encourage us uh, as we prepare for that uh, particular time Daniel chapter 12 verse 5 here's the conclusion of his vision he says then I Daniel looked and behold two others stood one on this bank of the stream and one on the bank of the stream and someone said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream how long shall it be till the end of these wonders and I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream he raised his right hand and his left toward heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time times and a half a time And that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things would be finished. I heard, Daniel says, but I did not understand. And then I said, oh my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? And he said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Many shall purify themselves Make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. And from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away and the abomination that makes desolate is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and arrives at 1,335 days. But go your way till the end. And you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. Let's pray. Lord, as always, we're so thankful and humble to be able to hold your very word to us in our hands. And to be able to hear it read and proclaimed. 
words of life that we desperately need to hear. But Lord, help us to understand. Help us to have ears to hear, hearts to receive your word for us that we might understand it and and ultimately we might do it. But Lord, we also pray that through it we would be transformed, changed to be more like your son Jesus. And I ask your help, Lord. I pray that you would use me as your servant today. I pray that you would increase and I would decrease and your word would go forth. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We live in a world in which we tend to expect that everything is fixable. Um, If you don't like parts of your body, well, you can have that fixed. You can have that surgically uh, changed. If you have a job that frustrates you, then, well, you, you open up the advertisements and get a different job, whatever our problem or challenge is, we've been trained to believe that there's always someone out there uh, who has an answer and who can fix that. And that's not just true of our personal problems. We tend to think about that with global problems as well, such as maybe climate change or world poverty or oppressive governments. Uh, We might say, no, we don't have it all fixed yet, but, but, but give us some more time and we'll figure that out. And, and some of that optimism, that pragmatic optimism is spread into the Christianity as well. We, we're kind of drawn into that. We think, well, if we buy this certain book or we practice this certain principle or we pray this certain prayer, then everything is going to be fixed. Everything is, is going to go well with our lives and, and with our church. I, I was reading th- this week a, a quote by Lynn Garrett who was commenting at this particular time that he made this quote about that best-selling book, The Prayer of Jabez. Do you all remember that letter, little book came out a few years ago? And uh, Lynn Garrett was making a comment about that. He said, it's very evangelical and very American, this whole notion that if you know the right technique and the right form, that prayer will suddenly be efficient and effective. And then he adds, kind of tongue-in-cheek, kind of like golf, he says. Um, But but, but reality doesn't match our our theories. And I think it's the apocalyptic parts of the Bible that kind of help us with thinking about these things. Like the second half of Daniel, which have been very challenging kinds of words. But it reminds us that we live in a world that simply cannot be fixed. It needs to be redeemed we live in a world that is profoundly broken we are told over and over again that needs to be recreated by God Uh, that's the message of the prophets the kind like Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 65 when he said quoting uh, from the Lord for behold I create new heavens and a new earth No more shall be heard in it the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. Or the kind that Jeremiah spoke about. Jeremiah 31, 33. This is the covenant that I'll make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I'll put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I'll be their God and they shall be my people. Or the kind of hope that Ezekiel prophesied about. Uh, Again, I will give you a new heart, a new spirit I'll put within you. I'll remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh and I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. 
these wonderful pictures of hope that, that, that we have for our, our world. And the question always comes in our mind, when will these things become a reality? How long? How much longer, Lord? How do we live as broken people in this broken world as we wait for this blessed hope that the Bible talks about over and over again? Ian Duguin writes this, to be sure, God will eliminate evil in the end. But sin and sickness will be defeated according to God's timetable, not ours. In the end, the broken shall be made whole and tears will be wiped away. But until the coming of God's kingdom, brokenness, suffering, pain, and persecution will continue to be the normal state for believers. That's, I think that, in a nutshell, is the overarching message of, of prophecy, the overarching message of what we've been seeing from, from Daniel, and it seems to be the focus of his conclusion here, because Daniel himself is asking, how long and, and how are, are we to live in this broken world? Well, let's notice some of the answers that we're given in these final verses. And the first answer we're given is that we have certainty in the hardest distress that seems to be the point of verses five through seven daniel uh, sees a couple of angelic figures one on each side of a stream and uh, he also sees uh, the other one the one that he mentioned back in chapter 10 who was standing above the stream so there's three of them this one the one standing above is clothed in linen he says uh, and he mentions three twice, he's standing above the stream. Well, one of the angels asked the other angel who's clothed in linen, verse six, how long shall it be till the end of these wonders? Now, by, by wonders, uh, it, it seems, I think the angel is referring to verse one to this unparalleled time of trouble. I, uh, and maybe, uh, hopefully, as a, uh, the deliverance of God's people, you know, when those, those things are, are over with. How long will these wonders continue, he says, once they get started? How long is this suffering going to last, and when is the deliverance going to come? Well, we're, we're given an answer in verse 7. I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream. Here's what he said. He raised his right hand, his left hand, toward heaven, and swore by him who lives forever, that's God, he swore by God that it would be for a time, times and a half a time, and that when the shattering of the power of the holy people come to an end, all these things would be finished. It's a very interesting response. Notice the Bible says he raised his right hand and his left hand, and he swore to God. Usually when a person's taken an oath, they're just raising one hand, right? You raise your, your right hand. But in this case, interestingly, the angel raises both hands, almost like touchdown, right? Victory. But it's really one of like, I'm swearing an oath by both of my hands. Like this is absolutely certain what I'm about to, to tell you. And so he gives us the answer of how long. He says it would be for a time, times, and a half a time. Now, I'd be kind of fibbing with you this week if I was hoping for something more like a date. Wouldn't that have been nice, right? Like it's going to be on this date and this year. Uh, that would have been. Uh, but we're, 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 instead, we're given this strange phrase. And uh, we've seen it already, by the way. You may remember 
it's been a long time ago, chapter 7, verse 25 of Daniel, he refers to that same phrase, time, times, and a half a time, which is interpreted roughly something like this, three and a half years. Probably not literal, but probably a figurative time, a period of time, half of seven, the perfect time, half, when God's people, in, in chapter 7, verse 25 at least, would be given over to the power of a, a, a different king, uh, an, an evil king, a kingdom of the earth, likely a reference to the Antichrist. And for this period of time, it's a restricted period and a definite period of time, this time, times and a half, whatever it be, but during this period of time, God's people would suffer greatly under this evil ruler, and then the end would come. Uh, now note that this period, again, it's not just definite, but it's devastating what's described there. At the end of verse 7, it happens when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things would be finished. That's disturbing to me. A shattering of God's holy people? It seems like when the powers of darkness have done their very worst against the people of God, shattering them, well, then that's when the end will come, the angel says. One commentator explained it like this. I hope, I hope it's not overstated. He says, we'll all come to the point in history, well, it appears, it appears that darkness has really won the day. It will seem, it will seem as if the Antichrist is going to continue forever, and it will seem as if the church has been entirely obliterated. That's pretty bleak, isn't it? And uh, I, I, I doubt that will sell very many prophecy books, that particular view, but it seems to me that that's what's being communicated here. A, a tribulation that will seem to shatter the people of God. Now, I think this is what Jesus was speaking about in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13. This is from Jesus' message about the end of time, he, he says, for in those days, this is Mark 13, 19, for in those days there will be such tribulation as has not been from the beginning of the creation that God created until now and never will be. That's similar to Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, isn't it? A tribulation that, that's never been in time before. Jesus continues, verse 20, and if the Lord had not cut short the days, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, the sake of God's people whom he chose, he shortened the days. I think that's what Daniel is saying here when he says time, times, and a time and a half. This is going to be a devastating time at the end of history. It's going to be a definite time at the end of history. That is, it's going to be cut short by God and his mercy. Amen? And uh, as Davis notes, I think he's right. If you're tempted to doubt this, know that, that things are going to get that bad. Know that if you have a, you, you have a two-handed oaf from an angel... so that this misery is infected with certainty. But ultimately, I think it's hopeful to us because the Lord is telling us this, isn't he? 
He's preparing this for us ahead of time, when this time comes and it seems like evil has won the day. We would know this is, this is what the Lord has told us. This has been a recurring theme, by the way, throughout Daniel, and, and it's the, big, the bigger theme that God is in charge of all times and all seasons, isn't he? Uh, he? He removes kings. He sets up kings. He disposes kings. He, he, he's, he's in all of this, and yet at the end of time, it will be a devastating time. Daniel, The angel tells us here, I don't want you to be dismayed. It will be devastating, but it will also be definite. It will be cut short under the hand of our good and faithful God. I've thought this week several times, of course, I'm thinking about Christmas and, and this season, but, but I thought, you know, we have even more of uh, the picture of hope than what Daniel had. We, we have seen the great light that Isaiah spoke about that shined in the darkness. Galatians 4.4, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. There's nothing more hopeful than that, church to redeem us, that we might be adopted into his family as sons and and daughters. But the point of of this all is is that there's this certainty that's undergirding all of history, the seasons, the times, the fullness of time, the time, times and a half, whatever that particularly means, I think it means that, that it's a definite time, that there is one Above the stream, he tells us twice, above it all, who is in, in spite of everything that you see around you is very much in control of this world. And we should be very thankful for that. I think another important message in this passage is that we must have tenacity in the darkest days. Or you could write a different word if you want, perseverance, endurance, long-suffering, uh, any of those words work, but I think that's the message of verses 8 through eight through 12. I find it comforting in verse 8 that Daniel himself acknowledges what I, what I have felt several times in our study of the word. I heard, he says in verse 8, but I did not understand. Any other amens out there? Even Daniel was perplexed by this, but then he said... Oh, my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? And this was alarming news, the shattering of God's people. This is the way it's going to end? What's going to happen for them? What's going to be the outcome, Daniel says, of these things? Now, the angel had already given Daniel some information. We talked about it last week, back up in verse 2. He was given the promise of deliverance or salvation. Uh, I think there's a promise there of vindication that, that even those who lose their life for the sake of God are going to be raised in the resurrection. They're going to be given to everlasting life. And so there's some wonderful promises there. Uh, but Daniel wants to know more. Tell me more about the outcome of these things. He's told in verse 9, here's the answer. The angel says to him, go your way. Daniel For the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Basically, the angel says to him, it's not for you to know, Daniel. It's not for you to know. We would be helped, a lot of us, in our prophecy and apocalyptic kind of studies if we would remember that very phrase. There's many things that's just not for us to know, church. But we trust that the Lord has told us everything that we need to know in preparation for these things. Well, while the angel doesn't answer him with details, the angel once again, I think, prepares him for what's coming. 
Uh, he goes on to tell him that there will be an increasing distinction between God's people and the wicked during this time. Notice verse 10. He says, many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly. He tells Daniel, basically, the important thing you need to know, Daniel, is that through this terrible period of tribulation, that the Lord's people are going to be purified and refined by it. Maybe to the point of martyrdom, but they're going to be purified, he says. But the wicked, notice, he says, well, you know, they, they're going to continue to act wickedly. <laughs> and I take that to mean that as the end of time approaches and, and things are getting darker and darker outside, in which they are, that there's going to be a clear distinction between the people of God and the people who are doing evil. It's going to become more clear between God's faithful and the wicked of the world. Those who are written in the book of, uh, that he mentions in verse one, the book of life, uh, it will show forth by their character, by their convictions, the clarity, the distinction is going to be more and more about whose are the Lord's. They're gonna be distinct from the world. Secondly, he tells them there's going to be an increasing uh, perception or discernment for God's people. Verse 10, he says, none of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. As the wicked will remain in their darkness, he says the Lord's people are going to be growing in their discernment, their understanding. These things are going to be more clear about what's going on. Those who are his are going to, to the Lord's that is, they're going to perceive more and more what they are called to do, what it will cost them to do those things, their discernment, their understanding, their convictions are going to grow. In the midst of this, I think part of the wisdom that he's talking about here and the big story, the big scheme of things is, is that we're going to learn more and more who it is and where it is our true strength and help lies. That is in the Lord. Brian Chapel writes this uh, concerning God's people here. He says, in their weakness is their rescue. When their powers are shattered, that's when the rescuer comes. Neither their rescue nor ours is in our own strength. And by suffering, the ends of our strength are known, right? We're, we're, we're just tapped out. Our own strength is tapped out. In suffering, the wise learn the necessity of casting their lot with the Lord by whom they are made white and refined. And then he says, brokenness leads to righteousness. Church, we need to hear that today. The secret of our strength, the secret of our power, the secret of our faithfulness, the secret of our witness, the secret of all of these things, if you want to call them the secret, is that we are weak, but our God is strong and mighty. And we must continually not cast, not look to ourselves for answers, but to look to him for our strength and help. So what's happening? The angel says the trouble is going to flush out the wicked. It's going to be more clear. And it's going to refine the wise. The third, he says, there's still going to be this need for increasing perseverance. And that's the third thing. That's the, the point, the tenacity here of, of point two. Notice what the angel says. And I want to emphasize it to you. Verse 11, from that time that the regular burnt offering is taken away and the abomination that makes desolate is set up, 
Those shall be 1,290 days. But then he says, verse 12, blessed is he who waits and arrives at 1,335 days. Now, we already know something about this. Chapter 8 spoke of that little horn, Antiochus, you remember, who's came in around 168 B.C., 167 B.C. He was the one that made the burnt offering in the Holy of Holies, sacrificed a pig to Zeus. Um, but, but we've talked about how Daniel and, and the angel seems to suggest this is a, that was a prototype or a microcosm for other antichrists that are going to come, leading all the way up to a final one. And it perhaps will happen, maybe a worse abomination that he mentions there that, that will happen at the end of time or at the end of this time, times and a half of verse 7. And so he's reminding Daniel, this is a period of intense suffering and costly discipleship. It's going to last, he says, 1,290 days. Again, that's close to three and a half years. It's, it's very close to the same uh, amount of time, probably figuratively again. But notice it's mentioned in days there instead of years or time, times. It, it's as if he's reminding us, this is, this is so planned, God says, and so controlled that he has it down to the day. And he does, beloved. He does. But note the emphasis. Verse 12. Blessed is he who waits and arrived at 1,335 days, which is, is 45 days later, I think. Uh, if one makes it to that point, he says, 45 days after this trouble, then you've endured. You've outlasted the pressure. You've outlasted the persecution and the pain. You've gone through the trouble. So, so again, whatever these numbers mean, and it's difficult, to, but, but the way they're, they're used here, I think at a, at a minimum from a general perspective is, is, is Daniel's reminding us that God has a people who will make it to the end in spite of everything that's thrown at them. And it's a call for us to persevere. To persevere through it. Dale Davis shared a story from the Associated Press. It's from a few years back from St. Louis. Uh, it was about a dog named Quentin. And I'm sure some of you probably know this story. Quentin was a mixed breed kind of a dog. Nobody wanted. Um, he had been, sadly, he'd been ushered to the gas chamber to be euthanized with several other dogs at the local shelter there in St. Louis. But that Monday morning, when the deaf chamber's doors were open, and amid all of that death that was in there, there stood Quentin with his tail wagging and uh, his tongue hanging out. Uh, the animal control supervisor said she had never seen a survivor. <laughs> Uh, in all of her years um, of, of service. And she said she didn't have the heart to slam the door shut again. And so she thought that Quentin, 30-pound 30, 30 Quentin, had earned his right to continue living. And, and, and Davis shares that story in a parabolic kind of way. But, but to say that if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, you are, you are simply called to keep on going, you see. To keep slogging on in, 
in faithfulness to Christ, in worship of Christ, to keep going, to re- refuse to bow down to, to idols. Davis adds this. He says, who knows what hatred and damage may fall on you? What threats or enticements may be made to you? But, here's, but God is going to have a 1335 people. After evil does its worst, the church of Jesus Christ will be there. Quentin-like, standing on their feet. So we have certainty about these days, and uh, we certainly need tenacity to persevere in them. But notice finally, we have direction. We have direction for the present. Verse 13, Daniel is told once more, but go your way till the end. And you shall rest and stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. Well, note two things that he tells him. First, your duty is kind of clear. He says, go your way till the end. And then he, secondly, he reminds him that his future is settled. You shall rest. You shall stand in your allotted place. Notice the differences, the uses of the word end. The first one, go your way till the end, is probably referring to the end of Daniel's life. Uh, Daniel at this time is uh, probably pushing 90 years old. And the fact is, he's not going to live to see the tribulation of Antiochus 400 years later. It's going to happen. He's not going to live to see any of these tribulation kinds of things that are are mentioned here. He he wasn't going to see the Antichrist either. But instead, Daniel said, he's told, go your way. In other words, go back to work. Get back to your desk, Daniel. Get back on the line. Uh, Finish your days working. Go back to King Cyrus and be faithful serving under him to the end of your days. With the promise, he says, that you shall rest. By that, I think he means you will die, and at the right time, you will be raised to stand in your allotted place in God's kingdom. It's a wonderful promise. That word uh, there used 25 times in the book of Joshua, chapters 14 through 21, which is talking about the allotments of the tribes of Israel after they've come into the promised land, which tribe's gonna get which land. And so God seems to be, in effect, telling Daniel here, Daniel, you have an allotted place in heaven in the resurrection with me. I I think that's the ultimate application for all of this end-time stuff. That, that is, it is here. Because at the end of the day, we can have debates about what does 1,290 days mean or what does this time, times and a half mean or whether the church is going to be raptured out of this before any of this ever happens. We can have debates about those things. It really doesn't change the final application uh, for us. Listen to how 2 Peter 3, 11 applies it. Since all these things are thus to be, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God. At the end of the day, this is a call to us, church, to not get so caught up in the little space and time in which we find ourselves and the particular season of life that we have, whether we're in the end times or not, whether we're in the tribulation or not, the message is still the same. Live for the kingdom of God now. Live for it now. Be obedient now to God. 
Live as, you, as he's your Lord and master. Maybe we will die before we get to the tribulation. Maybe Christ, maybe we're already in it. I don't really know. I don't know which days that we're in. But the message is the same. Live for the kingdom now. Live for the king now. So that one day when it is all over with, whenever it comes, he will say to us, well done, good and faithful servants. You're saying, Man, I thought by the title of the sermon, he was going to have a date for us of when this all was going to end. That's all I get. That's all we get, church. Isn't that good enough? Isn't it? Last week, I mentioned to you how this relates to the Christmas season that we're, <laughs> that we're in. And I mentioned to you a quote of one pastor who said that Christmas is a declaration to all tyrants that their days are numbered. Right? The birth of Christ, the King of Kings. Your days are numbered. Everybody's days are numbered, you see. But Christmas is a lot more than just a message to tyrants, thank goodness. And, and uh, though, though the answer here in, in some ways is that, yes, when are things going to end? Well, things are going to end uh, when God's people are shattered. Wow. That's not the complete ending, is it, though? Christmas is not just a message for tyrants. It's a message for tired and weary saints. They look around and see the brokenness of the world. <laughs> and you wonder about it all. And you think, how in the world are we... we how in the world will this ever be restored? How, how will this ever be fixed? When, when is the, this Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel and all of their prophecies about this new heavens and a new earth, how is this ever going to be restored? And, and, and you see, Christmas is, plays a part in this message because it reminds us that, that this will be accomplished by God himself who took on flesh in Jesus Christ. And was broken for us. That's a weird message. It is a weird message, isn't it? Daniel here speaking of the shattering of God's people. How, how wonderful, how fitting is it that our salvation came through the shattering of God's son? You ever thought about that? The brokenness of God in our place is the means by which broken people in a broken world are restored? But isn't that exactly the message? It's through the brokenness of Jesus Christ that this fallen world, this ruined world, and ruined sinners like you and me, that we have any hope. So whatever brokenness you've come with today, Whatever form that your sins and transgressions have taken and maybe still are taking and whatever consequences that you bear of those sins and the brokenness that has come about because of those sins, know this today. It's not just the message of Christmas, it's the message of the gospel that Jesus Christ's death on the cross is sufficient to heal them all. 
And, and one day when the final trumpet sounds, and there will be a final trumpet, and one day when it sounds and it brings an end to this earthly conflict that we are in, we too will hear our Redeemer say to us, you shall rest and shall stand in the allotted place at the end of the days. Isn't that wonderful, church? This is what's been promised to you who are in Christ. And uh, if you're if you're broken today and you've not come to, to Christ, what are you waiting for with such hopeful words as these? We're about to sing about that longing for hope. And as we sing, of course, I'll be right here if you would like someone to pray with you or uh, to talk with you about salvation. I'll be glad to meet you and glad to begin that conversation this morning. But let's bow our heads as we prepare to sing about this hope of heaven. Lord, we thank you. These uh, words of Daniel, uh, your word to us, Lord. And uh, thank you for the reminders of this book. And though it doesn't perhaps give us every answer that we might long to hear, Lord, you have given us enough. And you've told us all that we need to be faithful, to persevere, to be obedient. Help us to do that now. Help us to do that now, to obey you whatever you're asking us to do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I'm Pastor Jason Clark. And if you don't have a church home, I want to personally invite you to First Baptist Mount Washington. We're striving to be word-centered, gospel-focused, and community-minded. Learn more about our church and our meeting times from our website, fbcmw.org.